Good morning, church family and ministry friends. I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet around the world church service. And I'm so glad that you are here today and God's going to bless you really, really good. Praise the Lord. Let's take our Bibles and jump over to Psalm 66. I want to show you something unusual that is in verse 12 that is very important for you to understand. Now, Psalm 66, let's begin in verse 10. For you, O God, have tested us. You have refined us as silver is refined. You brought us into the net. You laid affliction on our backs. You have caused men to ride over our heads. We went through. I like that. They didn't camp and get burned or they didn't get drowned. We went through fire and through water. My friends, no matter how unpleasant the situation is, you need to keep moving because God's bringing you somewhere that will be unforgettable. God's bringing you to the wealthy place, but you brought us out to rich fulfillment or a wealthy place or a place of overflow. In the Hebrew, this word connotes moisture and prosperity, abundance. Woo, praise God. Now, where it says wealthy place, rich fulfillment, I want you to understand that in the Hebrew Bible, this is only used in two places in the entire Bible. Psalm 66, verse 12, and also, let's go to the other uh, time it's mentioned, would be, of all places, Psalm 23. So this is 2023. I want you to be corresponding and connecting with the anointing that is on this word. Psalm 23, verse 5. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. My friends, anytime your enemies tried to pop up, show up, or, uh, you know, impede your progress, look for the table because God's got the table of blessing and he wants you to be uh, eating and refreshed and enjoying the journey to where he's taking you. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup runs over. Now the word runs over in the Hebrew is the same word for wealthy place. And it is a place of running over. That means overflow, overflow, overflow. I'm here to tell you that this year, 2023, and the next two years, so we've got three years, you've got the year also coming up of 24 and 25 are going to be historic in the body of Christ. This is the time where the church is moving uh, with, I would call expedited glory empowered works of God, where the miracle power of God, where so many prophecies are, are going to be fulfilled and accomplished, that is going to be staggering where God has you at two and a half, three years from now. And it's not all going to happen at the last moment. Things are going on right now in the glory realm and the spirit realm. And God's plan for your life is unfolding now to take you to the next level. Praise God. Hallelujah. I really believe in my heart that there's some of you that are watching me. Some of you that are online church members that are ministry partners that within one year from now, 
You'll be making five million a year. Some of you will be at the ten million uh, year mark, uh, and and some of you within two years you'll be at fifty million, sixty, seventy million. God is doing unprecedented things in the body of Christ. The wealth of the wicked that has been laid up and stored up is those companies, those evil corporations. They are springing leaks left and right, and they have also done things illegally and unlawful to pull in a lot of their coffers and spoils. But you know what? God has caused in the spring leaks, uh, leaks, and there's going to also come uh, fear and even behind the scenes pandemonium amongst some of these board directors because they're not going to want to go to prison and they're going to start unloading things. And uh, it is the church's hour. Praise the Lord. Woo. Glory to God. Amen. So God is moving. Uh, don't be concerned about the troubles that are in the earth. You have a covenant with God. God is lifting you up to shine as a star to be, be to be a gospel proclaimer right where he puts you at. And as you are linking up with a kingdom minded ministry, a gospel preaching ministry. My friends, you will see God link up with you and you're going to be doing business with God coming into great levels of prosperity and blessing for the furtherance of the kingdom of the gospel. I felt strongly led of the Holy spirit to read today from the gospel of Matthew chapter 26. And let's talk about that just for a moment as we are going to be receiving the tithes and the offerings, bringing them into the storehouse of the Lord. Matthew 26, verse 6. And when Jesus was in Bethany at the house of Simon the leper, a woman came to him having an alabaster flask of very costly fragrant oil, and she poured it on his head as he sat at the table. Now, when you study the... Uh, the, uh, you know, into the culture and into the Greek, what's going on here is that this would have been an alabaster flask containing the equivalent of one year's wages being poured at one moment, released at one moment upon the Lord. But when his disciples saw it, they were indignant. Now we have to also understand that Judas is stirring up that indignation. Uh, it could have been possible that with Judas not there, that John could have, John the apostle could have said, you know, that's one of the most sacred things I've ever seen in my life. Men, we need to be more like that woman. <laughs> but with Judas there and uh, being a lover of money and being uh, a secret thief, then that spirit was affecting the other apostles. So it says, but when the disciples saw it, they were indignant saying, why this waste for this fragrant oil might have been sold for much and given to the poor. But when Jesus was aware of it, he said to them, why do you trouble the woman? Now notice his defense of the innocent party. Notice his defense of the woman. Why do you trouble the woman? For she, she has done a good work for you have the poor with you always, but me, you do not always have. So the poor you always will have. Why? Because you can't fix poverty with money and nations of the world that would be classified in economics as being developed nations have poured billions and billions and multiplied billions of dollars into certain 
undeveloped nations, and many of those undeveloped nations are still undeveloped today. And you would think, how could that be with billions, not millions, billions? How come it didn't transform the nation? Because the government poured, that was poured into was corrupt. But as we look closer, remember, governments are formed by individuals. So what you have is you have a prime minister or a president who is corrupt. His cabinet is corrupt. So when all of this money is poured in, and a lot of it perhaps is assigned to build roads, to build wastewater treatment plants, a uh, certain amount is allocated to humanitarian funds, none of it ever goes to that. It goes into the private coffers of the president and his family, and then it filters down to some of his generals or lieutenants, whatever the case might be, and the money just disappears. So that's because poverty is a spiritual problem. The first thing that, that needs to happen is people need to be born again. You need to be redeemed from spiritual death and set free from the bondage of sin so that you can do the right things with money. But my friends, Jesus, uh, would, uh, he didn't have time to teach all of that to them at that time, but he did say that what this woman has done is a good thing. And he said, me, you do not always have. So there is the moment where you go with the flow. Woo! Praise God. And that is something that is one of the greatest things that you can learn in your Christian walk is that you go, you go with the flow of the Holy Spirit. You might think, well, I've got the moment plan when this is going to happen, and that's good. But if the Holy Spirit overrides and comes on and there's that anointing, you move with the Holy Spirit. Jesus says, for in pouring this fragrant oil on my body, she did it for my burial. Well, she had tremendous prophetic insight, and she was understanding that when Jesus was saying certain things, he meant, he meant every single thing that he said, including that he would be killed and raised again on the third day. She heard him say that, and she believed it. Assuredly, I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be told as a memorial to her. I have at times on purpose while in remote parts of the world, while teaching have always made sure to fit this message in just to make sure I'm doing my part to fulfill the words of the Lord Jesus himself, that this story would be told all over the world. And it established a memorial in her life. Praise God. Now, I sensed in my heart that there are some individuals today that you have what would be considered an alabaster flask. I'm sure it's probably not a real, you know, made out of alabaster stone, but you have, you have a very sacred offering that to you, it means the world to you. It's something that is very special. And perhaps at a certain time you were planning on giving that offering. Uh, maybe it was later or something like that. Maybe it's, maybe it's centered around uh, this or that, but the, the Holy Spirit is saying, now is the time. Now is the time. I had a little lady come up to me some years back, and uh, she brought me a check. 
And when she handed the check to me, and she was an elderly lady, when she handed the check to me, her hand was literally shaking. And not, not that she had some kind of a shaking problem, but she had never given uh, an offering like that before. It was a $30,000 check. And when she handed it to me, her, her hand was shaking her hand was shaking, but God was in it. Oh, no, Pastor Stephen, maybe she, she, she would have done it later. In a few weeks, she was in heaven. Mm. So she gave that very sacred gift that meant a lot to her. She had never done anything like that before, but she gave the gift. And if she had not have given it then, she never would have been able to do it. You know, I had a uh, prophet friend, and uh, he and I were talking about some of these stories, and he said that he knew this one man that was an um, officer in the Air Force, and this officer said, hey, uh, to the prophet, said, hey, I've got a special offering I want to give to you. And the prophet said, whatever God has put on your heart, do it right now. He said, I'll do it when I get back from this trip. And the prophet said, well, I believe the Lord wants you to do it now. And it's not because the prophet's needy. He's just picking up something from the Holy Spirit by the time. And, and that, that man didn't obey by the time he got back from his trip, something that he had invested all of his money into went under and he lost his entire life's savings. It was all gone. And he was going to sow a very sacred seed out of that into this man's ministry, but he didn't do it. And then uh, he was unable of course to do it later. There's at least three people that are watching right now, you have a gift that would be considered something along this line that would be something very sacred. And the Lord says that he will receive it as you sow it because he, that the Holy Spirit's in the timing and the Lord will receive it. Praise God. Just like he did this woman's gift. And this established a memorial for her. There are memorials in heaven. There, uh, there are these, uh, like we would call it like a monument, uh, where, uh, sometimes like if you go on the earth, if you go to a national park and you see like this plaque and it says here on this spot, uh, Lewis and Clark explored the river and crossed, uh, over into the, uh, the Western part. And, uh, this is where this great event happened or something like that. Well, in heaven, there are memorials that are erected upon a very sacred moment when a person gives a gift like that. And the Lord says that he will receive that gift and it is pleasing to him. So for the individuals that I would be speaking to under the anointing and that registers on your heart. Obey the Lord because the timing is right. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. The timing is now. Now let us also honor the Lord with our tithes. I'm not wearing a tie, but I'm talking about the T I T H E. The tithe is in is 10% of all of your increase, 10% of whatever would come in that belongs to the Lord. So let's give the Lord the tithe because that's his. But um, there are a few today that have a special offering and you've set it aside and the Lord says that there's the time and you've been sensing, but the Lord says there's the time and you know what? You have the ability to do that now. 
Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Glory, glory. Okay, so let's do what the Lord would have us to do. Let's work the biblical principles of tithing. And in those sacred moments of seed sowing, let's make sure that we go with the flow. Look, my friends, this is your year of overflow. This is the time where God is moving and the world is going to have to step back and let the church come through because the prophecies of the Bible are now coming to pass that the wealth of the wicked has been laid up for the just and it is being released now. Glory to God. Woo. Thank you, Jesus. I like Ecclesiastes. Let me turn over there just for a moment. Chapter two, Ecclesiastes chapter two and verse 26. For God gives wisdom and knowledge and joy to a man who is good in his sight, but to the sinner, to the sinner, he gives the work of gathering and collecting that he may give to him who is good before God. Woo. Hallelujah. And that is happening right now. My friends, when you're driving to work, uh, maybe somebody's tailgating you, maybe somebody's in a hurry to get somewhere and they're very, very rude. Uh, just let them go ahead and go. Maybe even want to move over and let them go on by. Why they're working so that they can gather and collect it all just so that God can uh, cause holy to spring in their financial pockets so that it can come over to you. So just say, well, Lord, they're working for me. I'll just let them go on by. Lord, they're in a big hurry to uh, go to work today and they're rushing like a maniac. I'll just let them go on by because they're working for me. Lord, we give you praise. Woo. Amen. He gives to the sinner the work of gathering and collecting. Why? That he may give to him who is good before God, because we're going to use it to continue to send the gospel all over the world. We're going to saturate the airwaves. We're going to saturate media. We're going to saturate social media. We are going to strategize. And, and, and multi-layer certain areas that God has assigned us to really hit with the gospel. Woo, praise God. Amen. Because this is the church's finest hour. These three years that we're in right now are three years of heaven's release of building and positioning and equipping because we're going to see the great harvest begin to come in and we need to have all things ready so that we can use the tools and equipments that God is giving to us. That includes includes the new facility that we're going to build the new television studio out on the 14.5 acres glory to God and many things that God is doing now to uh, uh, position and load the heavy armament of gospel preaching glory 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 to God now Lift up your hands. Father, I pray for your people as they're honoring you today, as they're honoring you with the tithe, and those that are bringing a special uh, alabaster box offering. They are breaking that. Lord, that's not something light. I thank you. There's three people. And I thank you, Father, that by your spirit, your spirit is speaking to them, and they're going to honor you, and they're going to do what you're showing them to do. And we give you all the praise in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Praise God. That's very, very powerful. Hallelujah. Glory. Glory to the Lord. Mm -mm. You know, I was preaching in London, England, uh, uh, like about two years ago. And by the way, uh, later this year, I will be ministering in September in London. So if you're in the UK, come on over. It's going to be fantastic. Amen. 
very powerful meetings. Well, I was ministering in London last time, and I was uh, talking with this dear sister. And, you know, I talked about also the Boaz anointing, Boaz being a mighty man of wealth. And uh, this dear lady who was so sweet and nice, so soft-spoken, she said, Pastor Stephen, she said, the Lord has made me a Boaz, like a, like a woman version Boaz. I said, how so? She said, well, uh, the Lord's allowed me to be blessed uh, through my business, and I, I support God's work greatly with the provision that He gives to me. And I said, well, how many employees do you have? I thought maybe she was going to say like maybe like five or something like that. She said, I right now have 500 employees. Woo, praise God. Well, she's from that. Uh, she had 500 then, and she's been growing ever since. Woo, praise the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. And that's what God's going to do for many of you. He's, uh, he is releasing wealth whispers right now. Wealth whispers. Do you know there was a man in the UK some years back uh, who was a hairdresser? His name was Maurice Ward. And some of you ladies don't know what I'm talking about. When you get your hair colored and you want a certain uh, color tone, you're trying to dial that in. Well, you could get the, you know, the ink or the color that, that looks just like what you want it to be turned into. And you put it on your hair and it, uh, it and then after it's dried, it doesn't look like that. And maybe, maybe it, the hair color turned pink. Or blue or, or something like that, or just didn't come out the way you wanted it, or even maybe didn't knock out gray or whatever the case might be. And you think, well, what's wrong? Is something wrong with the hair product? No, what is going on here is a chemistry issue. And the best hairdressers, and even the ones in our county, the ones that are really good, you, you're going to have to understand, hey, how come the hair didn't turn the color it's supposed to? Uh, there's, a, there's a reaction going on chemically. Something's inhibiting this. And as the hairdresser, you have to, dis, you have to figure out what that is. So it does uh, require a little bit of a chemistry background to know what do we need to do to fix that because uh, she wants uh, like a, a brown autumn colored hair and we're turning her like she looks like a walking strawberry. So how do we fix this? <laughs> well, Mr. Maurice Ward was a hairdresser and uh, he would have to do things like that too. So, you know, he tried to get the color for the lady's hair right and, and knew that he had to tweak it a little bit. Well, one day while he was back in his little uh, little shop, uh, he, while playing around with his hair formula stuff, kind of started dabbling over into another area with some of these things he was using materials, and he ended up developing a material. Uh, they weren't quite sure what to name it, but his, his granddaughter called it Starlight, and it, it was a product that captivated the attention of the, of the aerospace industry. I have actually have been... Uh, you know, informed that he was offered a billion dollars for the recipe. Because think about the space shuttle back in those days. It had those tiles that would reflect heat when entering back into the Earth's atmosphere. And Boeing and their scientists were trying to figure out how do we get a better product that will deflect this heat so we don't roast all of our astronauts. And, uh, you know, they, they did a pretty good job with the tiles, but when they saw what the hairdresser had cooked up, they were all just like, we've never seen anything like this on the earth before. 
and he had created something in his little hairdressing laboratory that, yeah, nobody since has replicated it. And although he was offered big money, just think about that. If he would have taken the billion dollars, the tithe on that is a hundred million dollars. Wow. Praise the Lord. Well, some of you are going to have your starlight moment. By the way, Mr. Ward took his secret, his secret to the grave when he died and he never told anybody how he made it. He never, um, it's still, no, it's still today. Nobody can replicate it. The world's greatest scientists can't replicate it. Can't do this, but God is going to speak to some of you because you'll say this, this recipe that God has given me will allow me to fund the gospel and it will better the world. Now just think if that man would have released or if he would have sold that product, the recipe to let's say an aerospace company, what if that technology sure would have been used in, in uh, uh, aerospace, but what if they would have used it in the clothing that firemen and firewomen wear where they, you just, you, you can't burn this stuff. And the person behind the shield of it feels no heat. He could take that, that material that he created and put it on an egg and blast that egg with a massive torch and stop the torch and just reach and instantly grab the egg in his hand. And the egg's not cooked. Uh, there's no heat on the egg. God is going to be releasing things to his people, to those that are givers, that honor him with their finances and have a heart for the global spreading of the gospel. God's going to pour in wealth whispers, one idea from God that's going to release millions and millions. And for some, for some billions of dollars, praise the Lord and the earth will be bettered and the gospel will be preached because those that are outside of Christ, it doesn't matter. They'll say, we want that product. We need that product. <laughs> uh, some large corporations will say that's, that's the solution of what we've been looking for. Mm, this is the hour of the rising of the Josephs coming out of obscurity into the place of prominence. This, the, this is the place where the Daniels step forth with a higher level of understanding because they're connected with the wisdom of God and the wisdom of God is above all other forms of wisdom. This is your moment. This is your moment. Lift your hands. Father, bless your people. Let the wealth flow to them. We give you praise. We give you praise. You've given them power to get wealth. There will be those watching me. They will have a dream and in a dream they'll see it. There will be others watching me. They'll be maybe like a man will be shaving in a very relaxed state and the word of the Lord will come to him saying, and there will be others, O oh God, that will see their businesses go to uh, stratospheric levels because of the whispers that you will give to them. Now, Father, we thank you for this. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. A amen. Amen. Woo. Praise the Lord. Glory. 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 God is going to do things in this hour that he's never done before. Mm, mm, mm. New things. Hallelujah. Watch what God is going to do. Praise the Lord. I have pulled out that old prophecy of Charles Capps about the, the wealth release, the, the transfer of the wealth of the wicked to the body of Christ. And that prophecy is now uh, 
right at uh, 40 years old, but I have read that and studied that. And that is happening. Now God is moving now by his spirit. Praise the Lord. We're going to get a lot of people saved. Amen. Praise the Lord Jesus. Glory, glory. Hallelujah. Now, if you are mailing in your tithe, your special offering, please send it to Stephen Brooks International, P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code is 28654. If you want to go online and bring in your tithe, your special offering online, you can do so from anywhere in the world. I want you to visit the ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. Again, stephenbrooks.org. And on the homepage, you'll see a red heart. It says give. You can go right there and you can click that and bring your tithe in, bring your offering in. It's all available for you right there. Praise God on the website. So thank you for giving. And God is going to bless you. God is going to take you where? Into the place of overflow, overflow, overflow. I want to say it again. That's where he's taking you to a place of rich fulfillment to a wealthy place, to a place where your cup runs over. That is overflow, overflow, overflow. Receive it in Jesus name. Amen. Woo. Hallelujah. All right. Now, before we jump into today's message, let me say that if you want to go on Israel tour with us, there is still a little time left. I've told the travel agency, don't give any of our rooms away. <laughs> we got our tour ready and we're going, but I want some more people to come. I want some more people on this tour. I'm actually still believing God for five more people to come on this tour. And we've had more sign up since I last talked and we have a wonderful group that's going. Uh, the only thing that's different now is that you don't have time. If you want to go now, you, you can day, the dates are May 7th through the 17th, but you don't now have the option to make payments. You have to pay it all at once if you want to go. So if you want to go, come on. All you have to do is register and make your payment. So you make one payment, boom, you're done. Okay. But you can still do that. And we've got room and I want you to come with me to, uh, Israel. It, uh, look, look, Israel is vibing. Uh, if you have also any interest in, uh, maybe getting exposure to the high tech, uh, global hub of investing, come with me to Israel so you can sense that feel, uh, that, that vibe, because, um, it's where the world gathers now for investing in, uh, the new release of, or before things kind of like, um, do their IPO initial public offering in Israel is where many of these things are vetted and they are exposed where you can take a look at it and see, Hey, if you have an interest in this or not, uh, we will, uh, be uh, passing by some of those things that you could consider while on this tour. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. So uh, that link to Israel tour is on our homepage. Just click it. It's the first slider. Click it. You'll see the brochure. You can call 1-800-929-4684. Uh, click option two. And tell them you want to register. Woo! Glory to God. But you have to hurry. Praise the Lord. My friends, go with me today to Psalm 105. And 
Let's uh, move towards the message today. Psalm 105. Mm -mm. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I feel the Holy Spirit. And let's pray. Father, as we jump into your word today, let your Holy Spirit breathe. Breathe upon our understanding so that your word is illuminated and that it is our spiritual food. We receive it as such. We thank you, Father God. We're living on your rhema spoken word in Jesus name. And we all say amen. Woo. Psalm 105 verse 16. Moreover, he that would be God called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. My friends, it is the Joseph hour. Now, uh, these famine type situations, when you are in covenant, there is always a way out. When you are in covenant with God, even when there is famine, you can actually increase. Now, famine type situations, though, do require you to be a sharp cookie. In other words, when there are uh, constrictions within the economic system, you do realize suddenly that uh, that everything that you're doing has to be assigned by the Lord. And if there's anything that you're not supposed to be doing, you want to drop it like a hot potato. You know, when Dr. Jerry Falwell years back had a financial crisis that, and that, that crisis pretty much hit most churches in America because uh, you had the fall of some tele televangelists and that, that hurt the trust of people that were giving. And thus there was a great drop in finances. So you had ministries that were running over hundred million dollars a year and now they're running 30 million a year. So you have this massive gap, this deficit that they're scrambling looking to make up. So many of them during times like that, they had to trim things. So Jerry Falwell said the first thing he did was get off moral majority. He just completely shut it down. And that was kind of like a political branch of his ministry. And <laughs> you have to be real careful with things like that. We are called to preach the gospel. And it doesn't mean that we can't uh, pray into certain areas, but you really want to stay on track. Praise the Lord, because you could see that when he had a money crunch, what did he do? He shut the whole thing down completely, okay, and, and just really got, got to the bare bones of what, what were preaching the gospel and the, um, the forward progress of Liberty University. Praise God. So that's the thing about a famine type situation. God will get you through and God can increase you. But at the same time, you certainly don't want to be carrying uh, something that you're not even supposed to be carrying. So famine uh, type environments do help you to trim out the fat so that you don't have bloat and waste. And, you know, you're just doing things where you're maybe overstaffed or stuff like that. No, you don't need to be doing that. Uh, be a lean, mean fighting machine. That doesn't mean that you don't pay your workers well. You want to do that. But you don't want to have this, uh, these areas of waste or uh, unaccounted money uh, that's missing. No, no, no. We want to run things sharp and straight all the time. So we see here that he... He, God, sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. Well, in prison, they're not going to baby you around. They're not going to give it to you easy. And so the, he got roughed up. 
And he was, he was like the bookworm. He was the librarian. His father had poured knowledge into him, had taught him reading, writing, and all of these uh, 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 things that were in his mind had been poured into him through learning. But now he's in a very harsh, hard and harsh place. They hurt his feet with fetters. He was laid in irons until the time that his word came to pass. The word of the Lord tested him. Now, let me say this. The greater the destiny that God has for you, the greater, I, I wish I didn't have to tell you this, but it's the raw truth. The greater the testing will be. Okay, so if you have a, a, a beautiful destiny and God's, God's destiny for you is to, you know, do this and, you know, you're very happy and content with that and you, uh, you know, okay, that's good, that, that's good. But if you have a, traject a trajectory uh, type calling like Joseph, that is higher. And his brothers didn't understand that. Uh, but Joseph is going to have to go through some things of refinement to uh, strengthen him so that he is strong and solid and unwavering when he gets to that place of being launched. And up until that point, whoo, the word will try you like fire and the enemy can stand back also. And he can work behind the scenes to really apply some incredible levels of pressure that will really work on you concerning that prophetic vision. Now with Joseph, it was the dream. He had this dream and he told his brothers and he told his mom and dad, and they were just like, Oh, hold on, hold a minute. I mean, you're, you're saying that we're going to bow down to you. And like, uh, so when you, when you're carrying something like that, you have to realize that you are going to encounter things that others don't, who are maybe very, um, very relaxed and very content with where they're at. And maybe, maybe somebody else's destiny, you know, they're kind of like cruising and maybe they're happy. Maybe they became a millionaire and they can't understand the Joseph type figure. Why? Because they're all happy and content. But see, here's the thing. The devil doesn't mind if you ever, you know, pull together one or two million dollars to the place for now you have financial security and you have the home that you wanted. You got a nice vehicle. You got money in the bank and stuff like that. The devil, uh, uh, he'll, he'll let, uh, you know, some Christians rise into that person to that. Why? Because that's no, that's no threat to him. Uh, it's only when you start getting out past that into realms of like 50 million, 100 million higher, uh, hitting billionaire that suddenly he realizes, Hey, they, they can really hurt my kingdom. Mm. You think about George Soros, a man that with uh, $17 billion of his personal wealth, he is putting some here and he's putting some there and he is actually using it to buy those that are willing to accept it to alter nations. But you know what? The church can do the same thing in a good way. We can come in in a good way with financial strength and say, Hey, look, if you let us preach the gospel, if you let us use your crusade stadiums, if you will let us get on the air and preach the gospel, we will help you with the sufferings that your nation is facing because we have the solutions, not just for the, the spiritual needs of the people, but we can come in here also in these other areas and 
be a blessing to you. We can help you with your roads. We can help you with your wastewater treatment plant. We can do things and we're not trying to buy you out. We're trying to be a blessing. And so that's what we're asking. If you let us come in, we'll come in and help, but we want to be able to preach the gospel. Mm -mm. We don't want to corrupt your soul and we're not here just to give you a bunch of money. So now we can come in and wreck people and overthrow your nation. No, that's not what we're about. But my friends, God wants you to step into that calling, into that dream, into that assignment. And the trial sometimes can be like fire. And you can't expect those who have not had these types of encounters with the Lord to understand where you're going. But in here, you're carrying it with you and it burns like fire on the inside of you. Did you know, my friends, that years back a study was done on some of the great crusades that Reinhard Bonnke held in certain parts of Africa. And of course, uh, a lot of the money that was sent to uh, pay for such an expensive undertaking was many, uh, much of that was coming from the American church, particularly through like ministers like uh, Reverend Kenneth Copeland and many of his partners, which my wife and I are, and it's going there to help fund the great move of God. And of course, uh, Nigeria, for example, they, they're, they've been in a 40 long year revival that's just getting stronger and stronger. But they did a study years back, several decades back, and found out that in those mass crusades, that for every soul saved, and there was one meeting where in one meeting, one million people got saved. They found out this, that these statistics showed that for every soul saved, it took $1 to uh, fund it so that the gospel was preached. Uh, you know, the lights were turned on and uh, the power was there and the message was preached and it was all paid for. By the time it was all done, $1 for one soul. Whoa, praise God. Hallelujah. And we're going to be seeing revival breaking out everywhere and we're going to preach it. We're going to preach it and we're going to use the funds to reach the lost. Praise God. So my friends, there can be a great testing because others may not have an interest in the kingdom like you do and you want to make an impact. Boom! That can be felt for eternity. I'm telling you, during these three years of 23, 24, and 25, should the Lord tarry, books will be written about some of the crazy accomplishments that happened and some of the amazing miracles that were released because of the advancement of God's people, the church moving forward. Mm -mm. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. Thank you, Jesus. This is, um, this is challenging. Why? Because with areas of faith and trusting God and believing God, and I'm not just talking about general trust, like, you know, um, Jesus died on the cross to save us from our sins. Okay. We believe that we're never coming off of that. We believe the Bible. We believe that Jonah was swallowed by a large fish. We, we believe all of that. We believe that Jesus lays, raised Lazarus from the dead. We believe that, uh, uh, Mary was a virgin and that Christ was, uh, conceived through the immaculate conception. We believe that we believe in miracles, but in this case with Joseph, this is referring to trusting God and believing God pertaining to that 
powerful dream that he received in which God told him, basically, I'm taking you to the top. You are going to impact a nation. And truth be told, he impacted nations because God sent a man. The man was Joseph. And while he sent to the nation of Egypt, you've got nations coming from all over that region who are feeling the effects of the famine and they're coming there. So this is a multinational impact. And that of course is the blessing that comes through Abraham, that all nations of the earth would be blessed through him. Glory to God. And we're tied into that because if you're in Christ Jesus and you are, you are Abraham's seed. Boom. Believe and receive it. Hallelujah. Because you're destined to accomplish great things for the glory of God. Thank you, Jesus, today. And so that was the battle. So sometimes with faith, uh, there can be a gradual release of fulfillment and you can see progress like moving along on a road and you see the road signs that the okay this is how many miles you've gone now you're t you can know I'm getting closer to the city but there can be times where God works differently with his children where it's not like gradual progress you may be working at it for three months and applying your faith and in the word and trusting God and six months go by and you're like Wow, Lord, this thing doesn't look like anything has happened at all. And that's, my friends, what happened with Joseph. He thought he was going to move forward, but he's flung backwards. And at 17 years old, he finds himself in a prison. So he was in prison for 13 years. 13 years. The word was tried like fire. And every day while he was in that prison, the enemy said, ain't nothing ever going to happen for you. You're going to die and rot in this prison. But Joseph held to that word that one day he's going to get out. And one day there is going to be a lifting up just like he saw in that dream. Mm. Glory to God. And that's what you have to do. You have to fight when it looks like nothing is happening. And this walk of faith is so different from the natural that it can be um, perplexing until you really dial in and realize that this is what it takes to please God, to take him at his word, even when it would appear that you're never going to get out of the prison or whatever the case might be. You know, in the natural, let me give you an example. When I was uh, coming out of high school, I was very very thin because I was a distance runner. I ran the one mile and the two mile through high school. My younger brother followed after me and had great success. And so then we went into college and we ran, uh, you know, middle distance, distance events, cross country, track and field, all that stuff. But, uh, as I got, got, um, you know, kind of like further along in college and got into the latter part of my running career, so to speak, I realized, wow, I'm pretty, I'm pretty skinny. <laughs> and I wonder what it would be like to maybe lift some weights. And uh, many of you have seen like the Olympic bar and you've got two forty, you got a 45 plate here and a 45 plate there. I, I could hardly even bench press the bar. 
much less put the two plates on. Why? Because I was a distance runner. Look, you'll never, you're never going to see a muscular marathon runner. They're all thin because if, if you're carrying extra bulk, that's just making your lungs work harder and you want to have maximum aerobic capacity and you want to just be legs and lungs. Okay. So that's all you really want to be. Well, you know, I, I, I thought, well, it might be fun to start lifting some weights. So I started doing that and could hardly do anything. But after a while, it started to click and I began to, you know, put on muscle and I kind of really started liking that. And so when I finished my running thing, I just kind of moved over into that phase and really got into that. And the thing that was good about strength training is that if you hit the weights and you have a good training program and you, you eat your protein and stuff like that, you know what? There's, it's, it's not complex. You just start getting stronger and it, it's pretty neat. You start to realize, wow, I can lift more now. Wow. Two weeks go by. You can lift more and a month and a half goes by and you know, you, your body starts changing. And that's, that's very easy to track that in the natural. Here is the thing that's so amazing about the spiritual. In the spiritual, you could give it everything you've got. Let's say for like a month, you're praying, uh, you throw some fasting in, and you're working the word, and you're giving. And after a month, you look back and you, you can't see any change. Now, so many things in the natural such as strength training, you can look back and you can, you can see changes. After two months, three months, yeah, you can, you can see changes. But sometimes in the spirit, you stand back and that word is still trying you and it's not manifesting yet. And the devil says, see there, it won't work for you. It'll work for the TV preachers. It'll work for Stephen Brooks, but it won't work for you. And the devil stands back in the shadows and then, uh, you know, puffs up all these circumstances that sometimes can be negative. And he says, see, there it won't work for you. Nothing's going to change for you. And so again, we see here that until the time that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. And my friends, that's when you just, there comes a point you just kick in and you get a little bit righteously angry and you just take your stand and say, devil, I'm not quitting. And, um, just like Joseph, he's like, you know what? I don't know when I'm coming out. I don't know how God's going to get me out. Uh, the, but the Butler Baker thing, never heard anything from them except one of them lost his head. But you know what? Eventually, eventually God's going to do a work because I know I heard from God. I did not fabricate that. And I'm still having dreams. The anointing is alive. Praise God. Mm -mm. And so, so here's the thing in the natural, you can have progress progress, progress. But in the spiritual, you have to understand it can be very different. You could, you could have no progress, no progress. And then boom, suddenly, suddenly, suddenly God walks into the room and you're completely healed. You're like, wow, whoo, sure glad I didn't quit. Lord, I knew your word was true. And it is true. You read scriptures and you're like, Lord, I know that Jesus didn't lie. I know this is, this is true. What in the world is going on? You're being tested. The word is being tested in you. And here's something that you need to know about the Lord. The Lord will stand back and he will allow the enemy to test you. You better believe he will. And the enemy wants to know that that word that you heard preached that has now gotten into your heart. Are you, are you really willing to do whatever it takes to hold on to that, to see that 
manifest. And he's going to try to pull it out of you. He's going to try to get you to doubt the word. And hopefully he wants to get you to where you eventually just uh, give up on it. But you know what? He is very concerned about those that won't quit. And that's what Joseph was. And I see that this is an hour of the Joseph's coming forth. And you're going to fund the kingdom of the Lord. But you must walk very uprightly before the Lord. And you must walk in the precepts and principles of God's word and endeavor to please him in all that you do. And as you cling to his word, you will have breakthrough moments. Boom. Praise God. Now, as you walk in the anointing, and as you go with that flow, while in the natural, let's say you're driving somewhere, you've got the road signs that are telling you that you're getting closer to the city because the mileage is decreasing. And that's very helpful in the spirit realm. If you will walk with the Holy spirit, then you will also pick up on the road signs. You will have some of the most unusual supernatural things happen that God will say, I'm just giving you the markers to let you know you are on the path. But outside of that in the natural, it may look like still nothing's happening. Nothing is happening. What do you do in the interim? You keep working. You keep your hands on the plow and keep giving it Every single thing you have, anything that you can think to do, do it. And as you do it, do it with all of your might as unto the Lord. Praise God. And pray and take your vitamins. Amen. <laughs> and just do that unrelenting. And eventually, eventually you hear a key whoosh, being inserted into the prison door. And they open the door and say, Joseph, come out. You've got to shower and shave quick. Get, out, get, the, get those prison clothes off. Why? Pharaoh, Pharaoh, the ruler of the nation, is calling for you. Mm -hmm. Woo, praise the Lord. Praise God. Let me take a drink of hot tea real quick. Ooh, that's good. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. The king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him Lord of his house and ruler of all his possessions. Wow. To bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his elders wisdom. To teach the same wisdom that was distilled into him from Abraham, Isaac, and his daddy Jacob. All of that was poured into him through teaching. And now he's got it with the anointing of the spirit and He's teaching the elders. Praise God. And now things are running smoothly and God is moving. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory to God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Habakkuk chapter 2. Let's turn over there, please. Praise God. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 1. I will stand my watch and set myself on the rampart. You must, you absolutely must maintain your prayer life. If you don't, you will become robotic in your uh, spiritual exercises. You must maintain your prayer life. It's not just saying the right thing, and it's not just uh, doing the right thing, although we need to do that. But it's having the anointing on that. It's having the Holy Spirit ride upon your activities and actions. I was, that's, and that's what this is representing by standing your watch. And it goes on, go on this. He goes on to say that he will watch to see what he, that is God, will say to me. What I will answer when I am corrected. And we see that Habakkuk really poured out 
some very powerful questions and uh, please understand this and I I know you want answers I know you want to step into the wealthy place I know you want the power to flow the touch from God to be there and it's coming and this is the moment this is the hour but keep keep this proper mix in there Habakkuk says that I will answer when I am corrected be careful in your presentations to the Lord and your hunger for the Lord that you also respect his sovereignty because to rush God is to find fault with God now we know he's faultless we know he's perfect but be, be careful when you approach him uh, with very strong prayers. Yes, your heart's on fire, but also recognize he has a timing and it's for our good. And when you realize that and take that to heart, you know, it's okay because you know, he's going to do it. It's like a dam that's going to break and you know, it's going to, you know, God's going to bring you forth. Praise the Lord. But you have to also understand, let him do it. Let him do it while you're pushing with all you have. Look, I know some of you get up in the middle of the night and pray. I know some of you pray two, three hours a day. I know that you give, you, you give with a heart like Solomon, praise God. And God's going to do it for you. You're going to see heaven come down and keep pulling by faith on the hem of the Lord's garment. And at the same time, understand that God's going to step in, but there's also that element where he controls it. So let us have peace. Let us have rest. Let us enjoy our walk with the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Woo. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Then the Lord answered to me and said, and by the way, the Lord's about to answer some of you. You've wanted an encounter. You've wanted, an, you've wanted a visitation. And brother, sister, you're going to have it. Mm -mm. get ready. Then the Lord answered me and said, write the vision and make it plain on tablets that he may run who reads it for the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Now here's the thing about the vision, whether it's the dream that Joseph had, or it's the dream that God gave to you. And you knew with all of your heart that the Lord spoke to you and perhaps it's been backed up and that it has been confirmed through uh, the clarity of proven prophetic witnesses. And you know that God's going to do it. But my friends, we must also understand that it will speak at the end. That's why you must wait for it. You must not quit. You must continue to stand in faith and work the word and stand on the word. I wish that I could tell you that when you spoke the word, there would be the instant result. And we know that when Jesus spoke it to the fig tree, there was. But my friends, you may not see it, but when you are speaking, it is hitting. It is working. But sometimes it doesn't collapse instantly. But there will come the time, if you will stay with it, that suddenly that mountain of sickness, that mountain of debt, that mountain of drug addiction on the children, that thing will crumble into the sea. And then you will say, truly, the mountain has been removed. And the whole time you were speaking to it, saying, move from here to there and get out of my life. Praise the Lord. And it was working. 
it was working. But instead of perhaps like in the natural, you see progress. Sometimes in the spiritual, the enemy holds and he holds until boom, there's just a total collapse. There's a total collapse. And so there was a suddenly, and the thing just slid and melted and dissolved into the sea, never to be seen ever again in your life. There is a place perhaps where maybe we could call, uh, we could call it what would want to go into an area of boredom where you're working the word and you're thinking, Oh God, I've, I've been doing this, but what's going on? It's working. I stand here today to tell you that it's working and it's about to break, but you must continue the push. Why? The word of the Lord is trying you. The word of the Lord is trying you. Hold to it and it will speak at the end. And I say also prophetically that the end is here for you. So you must push now with all that you have. God's going to show himself strong in your life. Praise the Lord. Mm -mm. Though it tarries, wait for it because it will surely come. It will not tarry. Praise God. Matthew chapter 17, very quickly. Matthew 17, verse 20. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief, for surely I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. So you have to work that word, and you have to continue to speak to that thing. If it's like a, a sickness in your body, like arthritis, you have to continue to talk to it. Get out of my body in the name of Jesus die move from out of my body and get out of here in the name of Jesus or whatever it might be you have to talk to it and as you continue to speak and blast it with the word my friends you will see God move but look this is what you need you need times of solitude why so that you can have those times to quietly meditate and pray and also to plan. This will keep you fresh. You must keep your prayer life strong and stay close to the Lord so that when you speak to the mountain, uh, and this is a spiritual exercise. So as you speak to the mountain by faith, you see it crumbling. And my friends, you will also see that manifest in the natural where the thing is completely gone out of your life. You know, there is a, um, uh, a, a ripple reaction when you get a breakthrough. When uh, th there was a um, one of the mystic saints, oh Saint Anne Emmerich, if I'm correct, she went into a vision and she saw the entire 40 day temptation of Jesus when he was out in the wilderness. You have to understand that when he was tempted, the devil came at the very end, at the Lord's weakest moment. But he was also having other things thrown at him the entire time. So it's, it's not like on day 40 the devil shows up and for the previous 39 days he's just been hanging out. No, all kinds of weird, silly temptations and other stuff on a smaller level were being hurled at him continually. But the big attack came at the end when Satan himself came and presented himself before the Lord. Well, this dear woman of God, this great saint, she saw this in visions, and she uh, th these visions were recorded. But she saw that after the Lord had defeated Satan, after the three big temptations were hurled at him, and Satan just left in defeat, 
and angels came to minister to the Lord because he's out in the middle of a wilderness. There's no grocery store. There's no convenience store. And he is, he is almost about to go in the starvation mode. Angels came and helped him. And there was a breakthrough that happened because he won that victory. And there was a reverberation that went out that although it goes out in the spirit realm, it hits people. It hits people. And suddenly people start to think now in their right mind. And suddenly depression comes off of people. And suddenly people wonder, Wow, that, that cloud left me. I wonder what happened. <laughs> well, what happened is somebody broke through, boom, and you're enjoying the repercussions of that. So it's not only personal as you break through, but it will break through for others that are within your sphere that God has placed as well. It'll touch them too. They may not, not know really what's going on, but this is what happens in the spirit realm when you break through. So keep going because the vision's going to speak. Praise the Lord. Uh, and it's going to speak that God has been with you the whole time and that God is faithful and God is true. One final scripture, Galatians chapter 6, verse 9. The Apostle Paul tells us, and let us not grow weary while doing good. So keep doing good. Keep working the word and keep walking in the love of Christ. Let us not grow weary while doing good for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart. Keep your prayer life up and keep uh, those times where you have quietness. You can meditate the word. You can pray and you can plan. Praise the Lord. You need that greatly. You can't live without it. Praise the Lord. Glory. Glory. Lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Father, I pray that the fire of the Holy Spirit, the new wine of your spirit, touch your people. Father, I pray that no fuddy-duddy, old, dead, religious, man-made tradition will rob or steal the dream, the fire that you have put on the inside of your people, but that they will hold to the word of the Lord, and that not any, uh, any beloved family member could pull it out of them, because you have spoken to them. And I thank you, Father God, just like Joseph, there is the testing of fire, but still, there's the ultimate rising. And I thank you, Father, after the enemy has hurled all and has done all, I thank you that your people will be found standing firm and breaking through to the new level. Then others will stand back and say, surely they must have heard from the Lord the whole time. But Father, I thank you that they knew it, but they were tried as by fire. And I thank you that the word is proving true. And Father, I thank you that because of this, they will go from victory to to victory and from glory to glory. And I thank you, Father God, that I speak over their lives that their breakthrough is here now and they're moving now with you. I thank you. They are on board with you going into the new glory. Father, I speak your blessing over them now in Jesus' great mighty name. Amen and amen. Praise the Lord. Somebody's neck is being healed right now. Begin to move your head around. I command all the pain to leave you in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You feel fire coming all the way down your back of your neck. Hallelujah. And it's going down the back right now. God's healing you right now. Receive it in Jesus' name. I release, I release the anointing for hot tips to prosper, hot tips through fellowship. I release the anointing for wealth whispers. Thank you, Father God. I give you praise. I give you praise. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise the Lord. Glory, glory, glory to God. Somebody, uh, you, 
you're shaking. You're vibrating under God's power. God's, God's delivering you from some old things that had troubled you before, before you became a Christian. And you've come out of it. But um, there's maybe what we would call some, um, some vestiges of it that have still troubled you. God's setting you completely free right now. You're actually shaking under God's power. Uh, your hands are shaking. Uh, you're shaking all over right now. God is delivering you right now. Receive His healing power. You go free today in Jesus' name. If you're watching this message today and you've never given your life to Jesus, it's time to get on board with the eternal salvation uh, journey. Praise God. Jump on the bus to heaven by receiving Jesus into your heart. If you're ready to get your life right with God, and I know you are, I want you to pray this prayer. But first, if you are watching and you used to be a Christian, but you've backslidden and you've gone off in the sin, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus right now and get your life right with God. The last thing we want is for you to die in your sins and end up in the place of eternal torment when you knew the goodness of God, but yet for whatever reason you've fallen away. Come back now and pray this prayer as well. Okay, let's pray. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent and turn from all of my sin. I surrender my life to you completely. Jesus, wash my sins away with your precious blood and write my name in your book of life. Jesus, save me now. In your name I pray. Amen. Glory to God. And He has done it because He is certainly able to do it. He's done it. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Lift your hands and thank Him for your freedom in Him. Hallelujah. My friends, let's take Holy Communion today. I want to encourage you to grab some unleavened bread. Get one of these little wafers or a little cracker. If you have one of those, if you don't have that, tear off a little piece of bread. And that'll work just fine also. And grab some grape juice. Praise the Lord. If you don't have grape juice, grab what you've got, some apple juice or whatever you can find. Praise the Lord. And let's pray. Father, we bless this bread and this juice. Woo! And we set this apart as being holy. We thank you that this is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus. We thank you that you have prepared a table before us in the presence of our enemies and the table is your flesh and your blood and we eat it and the enemy can't do anything about our promotion, our uplifting. We thank you father for your protection and blessing father. As we receive the Lord's flesh, we thank you that we receive our overflowing cup of abundance that like Abraham, we are blessed to be a blessing. Father, we receive the Lord's flesh now. In His name we pray. Amen. Let's partake together. Father, thank you for the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Glory. Somebody, you are a mafia member, and somehow you've ended up watching this message, and you have felt like God can't save you because of all of the sins that you've done. 
Jesus' blood can wash all of your sins away right now. Ask Jesus to come into your heart right now, and he'll wash them all away. Give him your heart right now. Say, Jesus, come into my heart. Save me now. Amen. And he did. And he did. Praise God. He loves you. Amen. (laughs) And he's got a much different path for you. And he's going to show you the way. Now, let's receive communion, the blood of Jesus. Father, thank you for the Lord's blood that washes all sin away. We thank you, Jesus. We give you praise. We thank you. We thank you that love covers a multitude of sins. We thank you, O God, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive together. Praise God. Praise God. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. God is moving. God is moving. God is moving. Just begin to pray in the Spirit. God is moving in great power. You must get on board with Him. Jump on board. God will take everything else. He'll work everything else out. Jump on board with the Lord. There will be those that won't get on board because uh, uh, maybe they're afraid what somebody might think or this or that. Jump on board with the Lord. He knows what he's doing. He's getting you ready for what's about to come. Jump on board now. Father, we thank you. If you're a believer, you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit, open your mouth right now, and the Holy Spirit will give you the utterance and speak out the utterance that the Holy Spirit gives you. Go with me now on three. One, two, three. Open your mouth and speak. Now. Speak whatever begins coming up. Yes, Speak it out. Yes, That's it. Let it go. Yes, Glory to God. That's it. Now, after we conclude, pick that right back up and keep speaking and let it flow. Praise God. My friends, thank you for joining me today. Please remember that I will be in San Antonio, Texas, March 10, 11, and 12. If you are in the great Lone Star State, come on down. We're going to be having a phenomenal time in the glory, and I'd love to meet you and see you there in person. Please make sure you come up and say hello to me also while me and Pastor Kelly are there. And also remember, if you want to join the Israel tour, woo, we've got a few more spots. Jump on the bus with us. Amen. Call the number 1-800-929-4684 and hit option two. I'll see you in the Holy Land on the glory bus. Have a great week. This is your time of blessing. This is your time of overflow. Now go back to praying in the spirit. Keep that rolling and I'll see you back next time. Bye-bye.